Welcome to the Cornerstone Podcast presented by Global Grace Ministries. My name is Francis Weso and it is always a great privilege to share the Word of God with you. Last week we started a series entitled Letters to the Church. If you did not listen to the first episode, please take a few minutes this week and listen to it. In that episode we spoke about how the Lord Jesus Christ dictated the Apostle Paul seven letters to the churches in Asia Minor and to the body of Christ across time. Today's episode is entitled, How Low Can We Go? In today's episode, we will be discussing the first of the seven churches of Revelation, the letter to the church in Ephesus. Go with me to Revelation 2, and we will read verses 1 through 7, which say, To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardship for my name, and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaians, which I also hate. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the rights to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Jesus starts this letter addressing the church leader in Ephesus and introducing himself. It was important to Jesus for the church to understand that even though John was writing the letter, the letter was coming from him directly. As soon as you start reading his letter, you see the heart of Jesus. He tells the church, I know you. The one thing I love about coming to God in prayer is that we do not have to come with pretenses. He knows us. He knows what we like and what we hate. He knows the motives of our hearts, and He knows our deeds. Jesus tells the Ephesian church, I know your deeds, hard work, and perseverance. The church in Ephesus had started its relationship with Christ with great efforts. Ephesus was located in a major port of the Mediterranean Sea between Greece, Turkey, and Crete. It was home to one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, a temple to Artemis, also known as the temple to Diana to the Romans. Diana was the goddess of chastity, hunting, wild animals, forest, childbirth, and fertility. Ephesus was a booming city whose name meant desirable. Paul founded the church, and it was the most predominant church in Asia Minor. Jesus tells this church, I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. As we read John's, Peter's, and Paul's writing, many false prophets were trying to infiltrate the primitive church. That, my friends, have not changed much. Wolves in sheep's clothing have always tried to rob, confuse, and mislead the people of God. However, the church in Ephesus was special. 
as I just told you, the Apostle Paul founded the church in Ephesus. Priscilla and Aquila took over his leadership once Paul left, and later on, this couple gave it to Timothy. With such good leadership and teaching, it would have been very tough for any false prophets to gain influence in this church. Jesus also recognizes the church's perseverance in enduring hardship for his name. It was not easy or popular to be a Christian in Ephesus. The city was full of sin, idolatry, and money. To be a Christian there meant to say no to all of that. However, Christ tells the Ephesian church that they have not grown weary of their hardship for his name. That is a very high compliment in my book. Unfortunately, that is not all Jesus had to say. He goes on and says, Yet, I hold this against you. My family, I do not know if there's anything worse than to hear that Jesus is holding something against us. But that was the reality of this church. He had against them that they have forsaken their first love. At first, I could not understand how that was possible for a church that had Timothy as their pastor and Paul as their founder. But if we dig a little into the church's history, we can see that this church had gone through a lot. The book of Revelation was written around 95 or 96 AD, meaning that Paul, Priscilla, and Aquila had died roughly 30 years earlier. It is also believed that Timothy, their pastor, was killed by idolaters around 94 or 95 AD, a couple of years before John wrote the letter. That is a lot of loss for a church to endure. And I wonder if that was the reason why they forsake their first love. Since we know this letter of Christ was not only for the church in Ephesus, but is also for us, I think it is a good time to ask ourselves, how does someone loses their first love for Christ? How a hardworking Christian remains in church without passion for Christ? How does someone act after forsaking his or her first love for Christ? If you allow me, I will share with you what the Holy Spirit told me about these questions. Let us start with the easiest one. A person who forsakes his love for Christ still goes to church, still sings at church, and goes through the motions of serving God, but no longer longs for his presence, and it is indifferent to his voice. In other words, he or she keeps their religious traditions, but no longer has a relationship with Christ. Now, for the other questions. There could be many reasons why people lose their first love, but I will share with you a couple. The first one and the main one I think is disappointment. Disappointed people are unhappy because something was not as good as they hoped or expected or something they wanted did not happen. I have seen how people who have been serving God full of zeal lose their passion for God through disappointment. Many walk away from God when he does not answer their prayers how they wanted it. I have known people who used to preach the gospel that now are agnostics because someone in the church whom they trusted let them down. Some people leave God entirely, but most people who lose their first love stay in church, but they do not serve God as they did at the beginning of their relationship. Another reason might be the so-called prosperity gospel. This gospel has hurt many people in church. People who hear week after week how God will give them houses, cars, promotions, heal them from every disease and solve all their problems may serve God passionately for years for the wrong reasons. My friends, I am not saying that God doesn't provide for us, doesn't heal us, or actually 
doesn't give us a better life. Remember that Jesus promised us abundant life, but that is not the reason why we should serve God. When what these people expect doesn't happen, they get disappointed. I think this was the case for many in the church of Ephesus. They had served God with all their hearts, and instead of gaining a better life, they experienced persecution and the loss of many dear friends. I can understand how disappointment might happen in these situations, and up to a point, I feel compassion for this church. Nevertheless, in difficult moments is when we must get closer to God. It is in the hardest seasons that our love for God should increase, not decrease. Wrong ambitions might be another reason why some people in the church can lose their first love. Ambition is just a strong desire to achieve something. There are grand ambitions that all of us can have, but the wrong ambitions can derail us from the path of righteousness. Because Ephesus was a prosperous place, many things that could distract them surrounded the church. They lived in a city where people who worshipped idols seemed to have it all. The priests of the different temples around the city were wealthy. Some people come to Christ with sincere hearts, but they never deal with specific weaknesses. In time, those weaknesses are the reason why they take their eyes off Jesus and put it on things like fame, recognition, power, and money. Even ministry can make us forsake our love for Christ. Ministry, for many, can become a business or a career and our love for God can go cold. Difficulties, losses, lack, and the worship of false idols were something the congregation in Ephesus had to deal with daily. It is easy to understand how this congregation could have lost their first love. Those are the reasons many nowadays forsake their love for Christ too. Jesus, in his letter, goes on and tells them, Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. I love that God never deals with us with guilt, condemnation, or shame. He convicts us of our errors, but always shows us the way back to him. Isaiah 1.18 tells us, Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as chrism, they shall be like wool. I do not care if our love for God is frozen. If we repent, God forgives us and sets us back on the right path. Christ basically told the church in Ephesus that in order to rekindle their first love for him, they needed to do the things they did at first. They needed to pray. They needed to read their Bible again give to the poor again, and serve in their church. He told them, you and I are back in good terms. Even though your love for me went cold, my love for you never changed. Is not the love of God amazing? I think it is. His love indeed covers a multitude of sins. Unfortunately, my friends, Christ's letter to the church did not end there. He also told them, if you do not repent, I will come to you and I will remove your land stamp from its place. In other words, if you do not repent, I will extinguish your fire. He did not tell them I will dim my light in you. He told them I will take it from you. Basically, he was telling them, even if you still assemble, I will not walk around you. Remember that in the vision John had in Revelation 1, he saw Jesus 
walking among the lampstands. Sadly, many churches are in the sad state today. They no longer shine the light of Christ. They still get together and act like a church. But my friends, a group of people Christ no longer visits is not a church. It is a club. Those places can look and sound good, but the presence of God is not there. I do not care if they have thousands in their membership. If God is not in their midst, they have lost his power. They are salt that lost its flavor and is useless for the kingdom of God. I know that it's a terrible thing to say. And my heart breaks every time that I think that there are places of worship that no longer are the house of God. But sadly, that is not my opinion. It is what the Bible tells us. To forsake our first love is something serious. Jesus really has it against his people. Now, to be honest, I almost did not talk about what Jesus told them next. But I wanted to cover the entire letter to the Ephesian church. So here we go. After a life-changing admonition, Christ goes on and tells the Ephesian church, I do know that you hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. We do not know who these people were, but some believe they were the followers of Nicholas, one of the seven men chosen to be the first deacons. According to tradition, Nicholas started teaching heresy, which not only allowed but also promoted sexual depravity that included fornication among his followers. Since the church in Ephesus had teachers such as Priscilla and Aquila, they hated these teachings. Sadly, we cannot say the same thing about some churches today. Many churches consider fornication or having sex out of marriage something expected among their couples. Sexual abstinence is no longer taught and even is considered old-fashioned. So in these regards, some churches now are in a worse condition than the church in Ephesus. Jesus closes his letter by saying, Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the victorious one, I will give the right to eat of the tree of life in the paradise of God. I love that after he says something difficult, Jesus always says, Whoever has ears, let them hear. It is his way of saying, pay attention. Do not just hear my words. Do your best to understand them. My friends, do not just listen to this podcast, but allow the Holy Spirit to examine your heart. I am sure that the letter from Christ surprised many of the Ephesians. Many did not know they had forsaken their first love. From the outside, it looked like they had it all under control, but their hearts were wrong. They were still in church doing what they always did. Could we be in the same boat? Are some of us doing our religious duty but not really working in our relationship with Christ? Have we forsaken our first love? Jesus goes on and makes a promise to the victorious, which in this case the victorious are those who either never lost their first love or repented and returned to their first love. Jesus promised them the right to live young and healthy in paradise forever which is what it means to eat from the tree of life. Nobody can take away when God gives you the right to have something. For Adam and Eve to eat from the tree of life was a great privilege, not a right. And that privilege was taken away when they disobeyed God. 
for the victorious church to eat from the tree will be at right in eternity. Let us consider, my friends, how low we have gone. Have we lost our first love? If we have, let us repent and do what we used to do. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. If you enjoy our podcast, please subscribe and promote it with your friends and family. For questions about our ministry or to help us do what we do for the kingdom, please visit our website, globalgraceministries.com. Blessings to you and yours.